the title of the message really could be how to make God happy. Um, through the years, you've probably heard of the phrase copycat crimes, copycat crimes. People tend to be followers. They do not tend to be leaders. We have a weakness that we will follow rather than lead. If we get in a group of people, uh, it can go either direction. This whole deal about copycat crimes is a phenomenon, actually, that when an unusual crime is committed, there will be a host of crimes committed like them in, in a kind of in a, in a copycat fashion, just because the, the shooting at Columbine started it off. And then another one, and then another one, and then another one. And those spur other copycat crimes to be committed. It's a serious problem. It's almost like it gives the people the idea, hey, I think we're going to do that because they did it. We'll do it because they did it. Uh, it's, it's tough. The good point is, uh, I think this is why the Bible refers to us as sheep. I don't think we should be insulted by Jesus referring to us that we're like sheep. I'll be honest with you, a sheep's not a, one of the most credible, I mean, you know, a sheep. Sheep follow, pretty much, defenseless, follow. One, they'll, they'll follow each other off. My mother used to say this, man, I tell you. I'd talk to her about it. I'd say, well, my friends are doing that. She says, I suppose if one of them jumped off a cliff, you'd follow him. I don't know how many mothers said that to their children. Where do you get that? 90% of you women raise your hand. Do you all get take a class on this stuff? These are the things we're going to tell our kids when they're growing up. Well, I suppose if your friends went and did that, you'd just go do the same thing. The sad answer to that was, Yes. She thought she, or she hoped she had raised a kid a little smarter than that, uh, which she had not. Uh, I, I did some real stupid stuff because my friends did it, followed them. But we do tend to be followers and not leaders. And so it's a problem. It has been a problem, and it will be a problem. It was a problem with Israel as a people of God. It was a problem for the early church. It didn't take very long before they began to copy those people around them rather than copy Jesus and do what he under. They copied the folks around them, picking up the things that God didn't want them to do. <clears throat> My last three or four books of reading this year in the Bible are Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, and Ezekiel. Now, by the time you get done with those four books, I don't know if you've ever had the beauty of reading those four right back to back. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. But for some reason, I told my wife last year, I'm, those will not be the last four books I read for the year. Because, you know, it's Christmas time. It's supposed to be a joyous time and a happy time of year, the last four or five weeks before Christmas and everything. And I'm reading Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, and Ezekiel. And I'm wanting to go around crying. Because those are tough books. I mean, God don't spare on it. He don't hold back on it. He tells, he tells his true deal. 
And, and those books are denunciatory by nature. And they're revealing of the uh, problem that these the people of God had back then, the children of Israel, with every kind of good thing going for them. Uh, they were copycats. They just, everywhere they went, they, they got with the people around them and did their sins, picked up their religion, picked up their idols, picked up their methodologies, and did them, and then God would send a prophet, judge them through another nation coming in. In Ezekiel 11, 12, it says, You shall know that I am the Lord, for you have not walked in my statutes, neither executed my judgments, but have done after the manners of the heathen that are round about you. If I don't learn anything from those four books I learned, do not copy the heathen. Amen? That's why we have a Christian school at Gospel. Let me tell you, nobody in his right mind would start a Christian school. Uh, You definitely, it's not for making money. You can be sure of that. And and it'll consume you. Uh, it's, it's, It's a problem fraught ministry. And Nobody, but but I wouldn't want to be at a church without a Christian school. From the very beginning of Gospel Baptist, my heart was set to have a Christian school, and some other, Jim McCullum, Ernie Stewart, some other boys that's helped start this, said we got to have us a Christian school. We, we really couldn't, it, it, we couldn't get it to fly until 1986. 86, we had our first class. Miss Miley had 12 kids. And we've had a ministry to help boys and girls and Young men and women go through high school. Now, we, uh, a few years ago, we had 22 graduates in college. I believe now we've got like 10 or 12 gra- uh, one of our graduates who are presently in college. They've gone on, done really well. I can't tell you a more rewarding ministry, yet at the same time, it's a tough ministry. But one of the reasons we did it, because we didn't want to take our kids and put them in a public system around boys and girls and other men and women in the high school area that were committing things and saying things and doing things that God prohibited. And God said, don't do. Don't, don't, don't talk like that. Don't walk like that. Don't dress like that. Don't listen to that music. It's not, it's not me. It's the world, right? Love not the world. These are the things that are of the world. Pretty straight up and down, amen? Because the things of the world are not of God. Ezekiel chapter 23, verse 30 says, I will do these things unto thee, because thou hast gone a-whoring after the heathen, because thou art polluted with their idols. Um, You know, when you do things like the world, you pick up their ways, their style, their pattern, or their moral habits, God has to judge his people for that. The number one reason God judged the people in the Old Testament was what I'm talking about tonight. The number one reason. And the number one reason that the church of Jesus Christ has become impotent in many ways in different times of the centuries, it comes and goes, is how close they were to the world or how far away they were from the world. Far away from the world is revival. Peculiar people's revival. Close to the world is declension. One, the only good thing about declension is after declension comes revival. I just, I don't know where I read this recently. I've read in a book, it said, don't be too discouraged if times are bad because if times are bad, that usually is what precedes revival. I believe it was Finney said that. Well, I think we're there, don't you? 
God's people are to be peculiar. And we are peculiar. We should be peculiar. The world should not be able to come into one of our local churches and be comfortable. We got a whole movement in the Christian and Christian movement that's trying to make the world comfortable when they come into their church. In other words, they buy a building that's an old movie theater because people are used to going to movies. They, then they they don't, you know, they paint the ceiling black and the walls black and the floor black, create a laser show, some some artificial fog, and and uh, uh, they get, of course, they get rid of that. The piano, they, you know, they get rid of the organ, they get rid of the piano, and they get uh, they get rid of the wood pulpit and get a, a clear a clear plastic lexicon. Or, of course, if you see me do that, uh, that's a warning right there, the clear pulpit. <laughs> and they say, well, we want the music that they're used to listening to, too. So we'll play the rock music they're used to. We'll just put some of our words to it, and that'll be okay. And they'll like it. They'll come in. They'll be comfortable. Brother, people don't get right with God by being comfortable. They get right with God by being under conviction. This is good preaching, whether you like it or not. It's conviction of the Spirit of God. Conviction of what? Of sin. That you you got something wrong with you. If you don't understand you got something wrong, you're never going to get right. Dr. Krabs sees it all the time. His job is to identify what's wrong with you. You go in there and say, Doc, I got a pain here and a pain here and a, you know, this. And, and when I do this, it hurts. He says, well, quit doing that. <laughs> Amen? I love Dr. Crabb. One thing I love about him is, is he's an honest man. If he don't know, he'll say, I don't have an idea what's wrong with you. I love that. I love when a doctor says that. I don't know what's wrong. We're going to find out. Exodus chapter 19, verse 5 says, Now therefore, if you obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me, listen to this, above all people. For all the earth is mine. God does not want us to be like the world. He wants us to be different than them, peculiar from them. Deuteronomy 14, 2. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord has chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself above all the nations that are upon the earth. Deuteronomy 26, 18. The Lord hath avouched thee this day to be a peculiar people. He hath promised thee, and thou shouldest keep all the commandments. I believe this goes for the church of Jesus Christ. The Bible is consistent. By the way, the same God of the Old Testament, God of the New Testament, the holy God of the Old Testament is the holy God of the New Testament. Titus 2.14 says, Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people. That sounds like the Old Testament. That's because same God. We're a peculiar people, zealous of good works. First Peter says it. Peter says it, I should say, in 1 Peter 2.9, he says, Because you're a chosen generation. Woo! A royal Priesthood, that's you, by the grace of God. A holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness. What has he done? He's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. You know, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. 
And what are, what is Satan? The kingdom of darkness. That's what he's called, darkness. It's referred to as darkness, or the kingdom of darkness, or the principalities of spiritual wickedness in high places. And, and, and so they're just the opposite. By the way, when light comes into a room, what happens to darkness? Darkness is simply the absence of light. Light is something. So light comes into the room and darkness flees because darkness is the absence of light. And so if we have the Holy Spirit in us, which is light, we should be influencing the darkness around us, not bringing darkness into us and, and seeing how close we can get to the darkness or if we can look like the darkness. Don't you think it grieves the Holy Spirit and it grieves God who saved us and gave himself for us when we want to look like the world, act like the world, talk like the world, sound like the world? Don't you think that grieves his soul? Isn't that just common sense to you? Spiritual sense, at least. What's the definition of peculiar? Being beyond usual. That's a good definition. Being beyond usual. Special. Separates from men from the boys. But you know what? We hate to be different. We hate to, let me, we hate to be different. Deeper than what you understand. Deeper than what you understand. Sometimes, You'll have, you'll have somebody come in here, you know, they'll have a ponytail and, and they'll have uh, tattoos all over them. And, and, and the girls, sometimes the women will come in and, and they'll be really low and real high and real tight. And, and I've had, one time I had one of them girls come to Sunday school class and I had five women call me that afternoon and said, if you don't say something to her, I'm going to. These are five uh, wives. I said, don't you say a word to that girl. She's coming out of cocaine and wickedness, and she needs Jesus, and I'm glad she came to Sunday school. I know she's sensual. I know she's dressed sensual, uh, but you should be able to help your man a little bit out in that area. No more has to be said. And the phone conversation wasn't any longer than that either. Five women. I said, man, you're responsible to take care of that boy. Well, man, he wasn't paying attention to your Sunday school lesson. I know. That old girl got saved. I never said a word to her about it. But let me say, you, you are the compelling argument. I love it. You are the compelling argument. And she began to come among us. And as she began to stay among us, I saw her get longer, get higher, get looser. You know what I'm talking about. And I thought, man, I went to Maryland. Maryland, you talked to her? Well, no, I, you know. But once in a while, Maryland does talk to some folks, whispers in their ear, you know, hey, honey, if you. And so pretty soon, she's dressing more conservative than we do. Honestly, she came more conservative, more loose, more long, more high. And I told my wife, she's gone the other way. Looks like a Mennonite. <laughs> she went past Baptist into the Mennonite. I grew up with Mennonite. Pretty soon wearing a little, little knit. <laughs> we... 
have a tendency to conform or to copy. That is a weakness, especially when you're in a world of darkness and you get saved, born from above, and you get the light of God, and you begin to read the Bible. And what the Bible is wanting to do to you is to change you from darkness to light. And that change goes from inside out. That change does every part of your life. It doesn't leave any of the world, doesn't want to leave any vesture of the world. No vesture of the world. Yeah, but I like this thing out of the world. Well, that's where God's going to be working on you for the next while. The copying of the heathen has been the destruction of so many. It pollutes them sometimes beyond repair where God has to simply judge them. I hear somebody, I hear something happens. Is that the trumpet? I don't see any of you leaving. I did see one leave. My son left. Maybe he got it. I thought that was the other way around. I think Ahaz, Ahaz says, the Bible says, but he walked in the way of the kings of Israel. Yea, he made his son to pass through the fire. Whoa. According to abominations of the heathen whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. Do you know the Bible says that the children of Israel went into the land that those seven nations were thrown out of? And God threw those seven nations out before them, which were mightier than them and more powerful than them. And God did that for them. And he gave their land and he gave them their, their, their material possessions. He gave them their cities. He gave them their farms. He gave them their animals. Uh, not, no, not the animals. They killed everything and had breath. But he gave them, well, anyway, gave them a lot of stuff. And the Bible says in one, one area they did worse than those people whom God threw out. Oh. Man, we got the potential to surpass the world in darkness. Here we're supposed to surpass them in light and show them a better way. This is the way. Walk you in it. Not, hey, what are you doing? I want to do what you're doing. Let me copy your music. Let me copy your light show. Let me copy what you're, this working for your rock concerts and it's working to get people in because all we care about is getting people in, getting numbers, counting heads. God have mercy. We care about purity. We care about truth. We care about justice. We care about righteousness. We care about godliness. We care about the book. It doesn't make any difference whether I'm popular. It makes a difference whether I'm pleasing to the Lord. You'll not be standing there with me when I'm judged at the judgment seat of Christ. And I'll not be standing there with you. You'll be standing there before the Lord Jesus. And every deed done in your body, whether it be good or bad, will be reviewed before him. Manasseh, I think of Manasseh. The Bible says he went after the heathen that were round about them concerning the Lord, that the Lord had charged them that they should not do like them. I think of Zedekiah. 2 Chronicles 36, 14 says, Moreover, all the chiefs of the priests and the people transgressed very much after all the abominations of the heathen and polluted the house of the Lord, which he had hallowed in Jerusalem. 2 Kings chapter 17 may be better than any place in the Old Testament talks about the sad history of Israel and how they just kept going back and copying the heathen and walking in the statutes of the heathen, 2 Kings 7, 8, 17, 8. In 2 Kings 17, 11, it says, and did as the heathen. 
In 2 Kings 17, 15, it says, and went after the heathen that were round about them. They just kept doing it. In 2 Kings 17, 33, here's the strangest verse, I think, in the whole Old Testament. It says, they feared the Lord, that is L-O-R-D, capital, that's Jehovah God. They feared the Lord and served their own gods. I go, what in the world is that? They, they feared the Lord and they served their own gods after the manner of the nations whom they carried away from thence. Now that is a strange thing. They, 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 they talked God, they feared the Lord, meaning they talked about God, they talked about Jehovah, they reverence fearing something as having a reverence for it, a respect for it. So they reverenced Jehovah, and yet they went about serve their own gods. And we got it. It's not new just that. We, we see it today. I mean, I, when, I, when, I, when I flip through the TV channels, the Christian TV channels, and I see a woman preacher with it with 25,000 people in attendance, I go like this. Now, look, I'm not saying this because I'm a man, okay? I'm not saying it. You can trust me on this. I am, I am for women more than as much as anybody you'll know. I'm for the success of women. But you cannot disobey God and be a success. And I'll flip to another channel, and there's another woman preaching, and another woman preaching, and another woman preaching, and another woman preaching. I don't endorse everything, endorse everything John MacArthur said, but at a recent conference, John MacArthur took note about all that and challenged that whole deal about, we, what is this we have in all these women preachers? It's, it's against the Bible. <laughs> it's like obvious. It's not just a little minor point. It's obviously against the Bible. It's a big thing, not a small thing. It's not a preferential thing. You say, Brother Bill, but I like those women, and I learn a lot from those women. And, and, and That's pragmatic as I ever heard. I'm principle-based, not pragmatic-based. If it works, doesn't make it right. What makes it right is if it's right. It's not whether it works. I don't care if a woman... If, well, them women get a lot more folks. They can get they can get five million people listen to them. It doesn't make it right. I feel lonely. I feel lonely. Hey, preacher. Hey, hey, doc. This may be my last one too. I'll go to California with you. When did revival come? Revival came to the children of Israel when they cast off the heathens' influence. That's what happened. And when revival will come to the United States of America and the Church of Jesus Christ in America, when, when the people of God individually, starting with you, cast off where the world's gotten in. Cast off where the heathen, their practices, has influenced you or you've adopted them in some way, shape, or form. I challenge you tonight to go home, get before God, and say, God, is there anything in my life that's displeasing in your sight? I mean, mean it. Go to God and say, you show me. I mean it. If you show me something in my life, I will move away from it. Mean it. You show me, and I'll move away. That's fair enough, isn't it? Fair enough. Ezra chapter 6, verse 21. Children of Israel were come again out of captivity, and all such as had separated themselves unto them from the filthiness of the heathen of the land, 
to seek the Lord God of Israel did eat. That was revival. The revival under Ezra. It was a revival when they when they when they left the filthiness of the heathen of the land and they went to God. I we shouldn't copy. I'm a, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. People ask me all the time, what do you think about tattoos? I think if God gives you one, keep it. <clears throat> there are people that God has given some tattoos to. Keep them. Amen? Well, one of the reasons I never do tattoos is because the world does it. They love it. There's a cult around it. Literally a cult around tattooing. It's some, I'm, I'm not sure what it is because, I, I, praise God, I'm, I'm far enough away from that to be disassociated to the place where I don't understand it, okay? But I have watched somebody getting a tattoo on TV. And all I know, there was a lot of blood and they kept taking a rag and wiping this blood that would just come up solid and they'd take a rag and then, you know, they had this machine and, and they would do that, and they misspelled the word. But I mean, my heart goes out to people who've, who've submitted to those things. Brother, God gave you the body you've got, the way you've got it. And he, by the way, you say, well, that's Old Testament. Yes, Old Testament, where he told them not to do the tattooing to mark their bodies. But don't you think he told them that because the heathen were doing it? The heathen were marking their bodies, but they weren't marking it the way we tattoo. They were doing it through scarring. They would take a knife and do this, and then they do it in Africa. They've done it all over the world. They're still doing it. Why? Because God hate, uh, the devil hates everything God ever made, and he wants to destroy everything God made. And if God made you the way you are, he wants you to destroy the way it's made because God made it that way. Brother, that's good truth. We need to move away from their music, their tattooing, their language, their morals, their feminism, their perversion of marriage, their dishonesty, their materialism, their violence. You know, a lot of times we think homosexuality is the worst sin possible, or transgender. That We think sometimes, well, that's just the worst, it's as low as you can go. No, it is not. According to God in the Bible, the lowest human beings can go is to be given over to violence. Years ago when I was young, once in a while I would watch an action movie. An action movie meaning shoot them up, boom, boom. Shoot them up, bang, bang, you know. It would really be a whole movie of killing, maiming, and destroying. And I'd say, boy, that was good. I'm pretty lonely in here now. But I know you're guilty of sin. And so, you know, it'd be some action movie. I'm trying to think of a name of one. It's been so long ago. But anyway, has got an action movie of some kind. Of and I began to get convicted that I was literally being entertained, even though it was fake. I was being entertained by violence. Yeah, Bill, but it was the bad guy getting shot. I know, but the Bible says, "Vengeance is mine," saith Lord. I will pay. I'm not supposed to take. I'm not supposed to take pleasure out of that. And even when the heathen get judged, I'm not supposed to take pleasure in it. I'm not supposed to take pleasure. Listen, there was a terrorist killed. I'm not supposed to rejoice about that. 
He got killed. I, I, I'm, I'm for it. But I'm not going to rejoice about it. I think we ought to be careful. God made everybody. And we're all going to stand before him. We need to be humble and careful. For sure, violence, we don't want to pick up their violence. I don't do video games because they're violent. Video games. I can't tell you how oh, people say, well, video games don't cause kids to be violent. But I know one thing from hunting. The more I killed, the more it was easy to kill. When I hunted, the more I kill, the more it's easy to kill. Now, that's hunting, right? But what's the difference between getting on a video and going boom and watching blood splatter and head blow off and then going and doing it? What's the difference? It's just all visual. When I shoot a deer, it's just visual. And so it's visual input, and that visual input makes me, it's just easier to do it the second time and easier to do it. Now, there's nothing wrong with hunting. I'm all for hunting. I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a, some sort of a endowment member of the NRA. I'm for all that. I think hunting's a great thing. I think it's good, it's good for kids to do it. I'm not. But people come to me and say, I can't believe I raised hogs. And they'd come and say, Bill, I can't believe that you could shoot your hog. I could never do that. And I said, if you got hungry enough, you could. Because on a farm, people don't have any problem with killing because if you don't kill, you don't eat. Unless you're doing vegetables. And then those poor vegetables scream for their mother. <laughs> if you've never heard a carrot cry out, Oh, well, I've never heard it. Well, that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. May God help us as Christians. May God help us as Christians to have the common sense enough to look at the book. The Bible says two places in the New Testament. We use the Old Testament for an example that we might not repeat the stuff that they've done. And may God help us to be able just to have common sense enough to know God wants to bring us to the light, which is opposite of what we see out here. The way they walk, the way they talk, the music they listen to, the, the movies they watch, and all of what they do, almost everything they do is naturally against God and who he is. Let's be peculiar. Let's swear to our own hurt. Oh, that's peculiar. Let's swear to our own hurt. Amen? Let's be able to be so honest that we can shake hands over selling a house and it'll be real. Let's, let's, let's make it to where your word is your bond. Remember those days, old boys? Let's go, let's, let's, get, let's get different in the world on that. Amen? By the grace of God. Father, help us. Thank you tonight for the Calvary Quartet coming, the beautiful, beautiful songs of Zion. Thank you for the Bible that gives us good guidance and direction. Uh, I know, Father, that we have a tendency to copy those things around us. Help us to copy the good things, not the bad. Lord, to be somebody in this room, maybe the Holy Spirit right now is convicting somebody of something that they know is like the world. They know it's part of the world. They're enjoying it. That pleasure is pulling them to do it over and over and over again. They don't want to quit it, but yet they know God's not for it. Father, help them. Help them to see it that that's holding back your hand of blessing. 
This sermon could have been titled, How to Get a Blessing from God. I guarantee you how to get a blessing from God is be peculiar people. Separate from the world. He's going to help you and bless you and encourage you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Let's, let's. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.